Welcome back to Pass Your Life and Health Insurance Exam Podcast. I'm your host, Biko, slash instructor. Uh, I hope you guys uh, found value in this podcast. I hope you are learning something. I just want to tell those of you who have reached out to me a big thank you. I got um, someone contacting me today. His name is Eric from California, and he called to inquire about the boot camp. Then I had another person contact me from Washington, D.C. Uh, shout out to you. Um, you know, his name is um, you know, is Michael. Um, so shout out to you, Michael. And another person from Washington, D.C., um, name is Cordell. He reached out to me also interested in the boot camp. So I've had a few of you reach out to me uh, expressing interest in the boot camp or the one-on-one training. Um, to be honest, we have not gotten that many um, participants yet. Uh, yeah, we got a few people, but not uh, the required number of participants to just make it worthwhile. But if you're interested in one of our boot camps, just uh, again, fill out the link. Um, I have the link attached to this description, uh, no, the description for this episode and it's in previous episodes so fill out um, that link uh, no fill out the survey you put your email your phone number and i'm going to contact you you can also you know, reach out to me directly my cell phone number is 202-855-6294 against 202-855-6294 you can usually reach me um, within business hours, um, you know, uh, I'm accessible. I get back to people within one to two hours max if you contact me during business hours. So I just want to get that out there for those of you who are interested, you want that one-on-one help, or if you want to attend one of um, my boot camps, you can reach out to me. Again, my number is 202-855-6294. Or you could fill out the link in this description uh, for the for this episode. So I'm going to talk about something um, different today and it's a little somber but you no know, I, I, I think it's something you guys need to uh, know about because in the next few weeks, hopefully, <laughs> You, yes, you, you will become a licensed financial professional. And getting that license is one thing, but actually knowing what to do, how to help clients, how to help people improve their lives with that license is even what's more important than getting that license. So getting the license just makes you legal, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're qualified to help people. I want to share with you guys a story um, from you know, one of my clients. I just went to meet her this evening. And after speaking to her, you know, I, I went to, to deliver her policy. And after speaking to her, I decided, you know what? I think people who are studying for the exam, new agents, 
need to hear this story. Hopefully that will inspire some of you. Uh, some of you who are thinking about quitting. Some of you who think this is not worth it. Uh, it gives you a real life story of how what we do as insurance professionals to be specific and just as financial professionals in general, how what we do make a difference in people's lives. So I just want to go ahead and tell you guys this quick story. But before I do that, we're going to uh, talk about accelerated death benefits. So insurance policies have riders and standard provisions. And everything is tied into what I'm going to discuss. So first of all, what is a rider? Well, a rider is just something that's attached to the main policy. So think about your rider as an add-on. So let's give you a real-life example. Um, some years ago, geez, I feel <laughs> feels like forever, when I just got out of... Um, a pharmacy school you know, in my early 20s, earning 100, you know, 100 plus thousand dollars as a young single guy. You don't have that much, you know, you know, you don't have that many responsibilities. So what do most young people that just get out of school and they're making some good money, what do they do? Well, most people, most young people will go and spend some of that money on, um, on fancy cars, right? And for me, just so you guys know, I love BMWs. I think BMWs, I mean, again, to each his own, but I, I just love BMWs. So I went and got me a, you know, a drop-top BMW convertible. Um, and the base model came with... Um, no, the base model just, of course, came with the drop top and everything. But I wanted some extra features. I said, you know what? I want heated leather seats because Africans, well, most Africans are allergic to cold, <laughs> to extreme cold. And as a winter time, when it's snowing, when it's zero degrees or negative, whatever, 10 degrees, I want some heated leather seat to heat me up. So I said... You know, I, I told the sales agent I want a heated leather seat. And I also said I'd want uh, built-in GPS navigation. Now, that was a long time ago. That was like 12 years ago, right? Well, 10, 12 years ago. So most cars now come with um, built-in GPS um, um, navigation. But back then, it was considered more like a luxury to have built-in GPS navigation. So I said, I, you know, I want to built-in GPS navigation because me and directions <laughs> don't get along. Uh, I, I always used to get lost. Um, back in the days, we had MapQuest. <laughs> when I was in high school, I always used to get lost with MapQuest. Thank God for the GPS. <laughs> uh, I don't have to get lost anymore. But I told, I told them, you know what? I want built-in GPS navigation. And then I also said I want OnStar, right? Because just in case I'm in, you know, an accident, God forbid, you no, know, um, if I'm unconscious or whatever, I want 911 to be dialed immediately. So I got those three add-ons, right? Um, 
I got the OnStar, uh, on I got um, the heated leather seats, and I got the built-in uh, GPS navigation. Now, those things are add-ons, right? Those things did not come with the standard uh, base model for the, uh, for the BMW, right? Because I got a BMW 3 Series. So it didn't come with that. That was add, no. So for insurance purposes, those things I got will be considered riders. Rider is just a fancy name. It's just an insurance um, lingo or jargon for add-on. So anytime you're adding something to your policy, it's considered a rider. So in that case, that heated leather seat will be one rider. The uh, OnStar navigation will be one rider. And uh, the GPS navigation will be one rider. So now I have three riders. So for your test, just know that rider means add-on. Um, let me give you guys another example uh, that will bring this home. You know how we go to McDonald's, the standard meal? Well, yeah, the standard meal is like, um, you know, you have a burger, you have your fries, and you have your drinks, right? That is standard. Now, you could always add, you could supersize your meal or you could add something extra. You could say, oh, you know what? I want um, a fruit, you know, um, I want a bowl of fruit. Oh, you know what? You could add salad to that, right? For that, uh, <laughs> I find it interesting when people go to McDonald's and order salad. It's like, hold on, is that your conscience trying to, <laughs> is, that your, is that your guilty conscience? You know you shouldn't be eating this so you get a salad to make you feel better. But anyway, not to judge you people who, are, who eat McDonald's. But in that case, if you order that uh, meal and you, let's say you get a, you know, um, you get a salad on the side or a bowl of fruit or a cup of fruit or you get ice cream, those would be considered riders, right? Because that you no, know, the standard McDonald's meal doesn't come of those. So now you're getting all of those. Those are extra. They are add-ons. They are, they are con uh, considered riders. So in insurance, we have riders. Now, your base policy, your standard policy comes with certain features. Now, uh, for life insurance, we have um, a lot of riders. Now, I'll just give you guys 10. 10 riders I'm going to list, but I'm going to just talk about one. And this ties into the story I'm going to tell you guys in a little bit about my client this evening. So the, the 10 riders, again, some states will test you on only seven. Some states will test you on eight, but this is for Washington, D.C., right? So the riders that will be on your test for Washington, D.C., uh, for those of you who are from, you know, taking the Washington, D.C. test, but you're, you're going to get at least six or seven of these, uh, of these riders on any state exam, okay? So those riders are waiver of premium or waiver of monthly uh, deduction. So if something happens to the, um, you know, the policy owner, if the policy owner becomes disabled, it pays, um, you know, it waives the, um, the monthly premium. Another rider is the guarantee insurability rider. And I'm going to um, record other episodes where I'm going to go into detail um, in these, um, you know, about these um, riders. But for now, I just want to list them. Then you have the payer benefit rider. That's usually in juvenile um, policies. 
then you have the accidental death and dismemberment rider. And, and then you have the term riders. You have other insured riders. You have long-term care riders. You have return of premium rider. You have disability rider. And you have cost of living riders. So those are, um, those are 10 riders. I mean, you have more riders than that. You, you have up to 10 riders in life, um, up to 20 riders in life insurance. I just listed uh, 10 for you guys. Now, what I want to talk about today, I want to talk about one rider and I want to talk about one standard provision of life insurance. So the rider I'm going to talk about today is the long-term care rider. Now, before we get into that, as always, let's do just two quick questions here, okay? So have your pen and paper ready. Um, you can, again, um, try to answer the question. If you can, no, guess, but this will be on your exam. So long-term care is going to be on your exam. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm recording this on my cell phone and then a call just came in. So um, I, I need to uh, put this on airplane mode. But anyway, so uh, ready? So we're just going to do two questions here on long-term care. So the first question here says, what advantages does a long-term care rider have over a living needs rider? Again, what advantages does a long-term care rider have over a living needs rider? Option A says, only pays benefits if a licensed medical provider certifies that an insured is expected to die within 24 months. B says pays a monthly income based on a proportion of the death benefit to an insured who is unable to do any of the six activities of daily living. C says allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any four of the six activities of daily living, example, eating, bathing, uh, walking, toileting, etc., to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-hospital expenses. And D says, allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any two of the six activities of daily living which are eating, bathing, walking, toileting, etc., to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-qualified expenses. Let me repeat question number one. Question number one again says, what advantages does a long-term care rider have over a living needs rider? A only pays benefits if a licensed medical provider certifies that an insured is expected to die within 24 months. B, pays a monthly income based on a proportion of the death benefit to an insured who is unable to do any of the six activities of daily life. C, allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any four of the six activities of daily life, eating, bathing, walking, toileting, 
to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-hospital expenses. And D, allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any two of the six activities of daily life, which are eating, bathing, walking, toileting, etc., to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-hospital expenses. So that's question number one. Now let's come here to question number two. So write down your answer. Question number two says, how does the long-term care rider affect death benefits of a life insurance policy after long-term care benefits have been paid to the insurer? A, triple the death benefit. B, the death benefits are reduced. C, death benefit is not affected. D, increase the death benefit by the amount paid into long-term care. Let me repeat question number two. Question number two says, how does the long-term care rider affect death benefits of a life insurance policy after long-term care benefits have been paid to the insurer? A, triple the death benefit. B, the death benefits are reduced. C, death benefit is not affected. D, increase the death benefit by the amount paid into the long-term care policy. So what is the answer? So write down your answer. Um, those are the two questions on long-term care. Now, so uh, so that's long-term care. Now let's let's talk here quickly about um, about standard provisions, right? So now every life insurance policy will have standard provisions, right? So those are as I as I said, I gave you the example of McDonald's, right? If you go to a McDonald's, your standard meal, well, you have your burger, you have your fries, and you have your um, drinks, right? So it doesn't matter what state you go to. You can go to Nevada, you can go to California, you can you can be in New York, you can be in Maryland, you can be in. Uh, I don't know, North Carolina, everywhere you go and you buy a McDonald's meal, that is the standard meal, a burger, fries, or drink. Perfect. Now, it's going to be uh, the same across all 50 states, right? But some locations you go to, they may have ice cream. Some McDonald's locations may not have ice cream. You know, some some locations may offer you, you know, a bowl of salad or, or, or you know, a um, cup of fruits. Some may not, right? Some may um, offer you hot tea. Some may not, right? So we know that McDonald's, this tender McDonald's meal is, again, a burger, fries, and drinks. So it's the same thing with life insurance, right? We have standard provisions, standard provisions. And those provisions will be the same across all 50 states. So it doesn't matter whether you live in um, um, California or you live in Washington, D.C. or New York or North Carolina, Georgia. It doesn't matter if you have a life insurance policy, you're going to have those features in your life insurance policy. So those are called standard features. Now, 
The standard features were put together. They were established by the NAIC. NAIC, that's the National Association of Insurance Commissioners. So all of the um, head of insurance you know, departments across all 50 states, they got together, they said, okay, you know what? Instead of us having different laws that, you know, uh, insurance um, laws and features that will be completely different from state to state, let's at least agree on some standard feature that we know are very important that need to be in every um, insurance policy across all 50 states. So uh, a, a very good example of that is think about drunk driving, right? So you know that it's illegal to drink and drive in all 50 states, right? So um, drunk driving is a standard provision in all 50 states. Now, some states may say, uh, you know what, yes, drunk driving is illegal, but, um, but your blood alcohol level has to be uh, at this level, maybe a point, I don't know, point eight or point whatever, right? And another state may say, oh, you know, our, uh, our limit is point zero six or point six, right? So the states will kind of um, have different limits, but you know that drunk driving is a standard, it's illegal, you know, and that's a standard across all 50 states. So it's the same thing with life insurance. You have standards that cut across all 50 states. And for exam purposes, you want to know who put together the um, standard provisions of life insurance. It's the NAIC, National Association of Insurance Commissioners. All right. So now let's come here to, um, and, and by the way, I'm, I'm going to get back to, uh, to that story. I want to weave everything uh, together because uh, I was not going to even talk about this today, but after I met that client, I said, you know what? I think new agents have to learn about this. New agents have to hear this story. But since this is an exam prep podcast, I'm not just going to talk about the story. I'm going to weave it into your exam prep, um, to your exam prep. So now you can actually be able to attach you know, a real story to um, you know, to some of these topics, right? To bring them home. So the um, life insurance usually has 12 standard provisions. Now you have, you can have more, but, uh, but roughly 12. Now I'm going to just read these standard provisions out to you guys. Um, there will be another episode that will be coming out that will go into detail, um, you know, on all those uh, standard provisions. But for now, I'm only going to talk about one standard provision, which is the accelerated death benefit standard provision. I'm going to uh, just list the other standard provisions so you know, for example, they may ask you which of the following is a standard life insurance provision. So they may ask you, they may list A, entire contract, B, free lock period, um, uh, C, um, uh, C, reinstatement, and then D, long-term care. Well, you know that long-term care is a rider, right? Entire contract, free look period, uh, no reinstatement. Those are standard provisions. So, for test purposes, you want to know if you if you got to memorize it, memorize it. But you have to know 
what features are um, riders. Again, a rider is just an add-on. So you have to know what life insurance features are riders, which ones are riders, and you have to know which ones are standard provisions because this 100% guarantee will be on your exam. You have to know the difference between a standard provision and a rider. All right. So the riders, uh, the standard provisions, let me list them again. Um, the entire contract, insuring clause, uh, free look period, uh, consideration, owner's rights, beneficiary destinations, premium payment, and um, reinstatement, policy loans, withdrawals, partial surrenders, uh, non-forfeiture options, dividend and dividend options, incontestability, assignments, switch side, misstatement of age and gender, settlement options, and accelerated debt benefit options. Right? Accelerated debt benefits. Now, I'm going to talk about the last standard provision, which is accelerated debt benefits. I'm going to weave that into this story. But let's go um, to some questions on accelerated death benefit. Ready? Again, have your pen and paper. Write down uh, what you think the answer is. Okay? So question number one. What happens to amounts paid out under the accelerated death benefits um, standard provision? I'm sorry. So... Um, the accelerated death benefit. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I just have to uh, correct something. So what happens to amounts paid out under the accelerated death benefit um, standard provision? A, subtracted from the contract's death benefit before paying out to the beneficiary. B, same as accidental death and dismemberment. C must be repaid. D must be taxed on both the federal and state levels. Again, let me repeat that question. Question one. What happens to amounts paid out under the accidental death benefits provision? A. Subtracted from the contract's death benefit before paying it out to the beneficiary. B same as accidental death and dismemberment. Um, C must be repaid. Uh, D must be taxed on both the federal and state levels. All right, question number two. In order to be considered terminally ill, the illness must be expected to result in the person's death within how many months? Okay, so in two, in order to be considered terminally ill, the illness must be expected to result in a person's death within how many months? A, 6 months, B, 24 months, C, 12 months, D, 18 months. So what is it? And then we'll do one more question. Question number three, um, it says accelerated death benefits are paid under which of the following circumstances? A, an insured needs help paying for medical treatment after being diagnosed with a terminal illness. B, um, first-time home buyers or total disability. C, going for an important family meeting. D, 
or senior citizen who uh, is living on a fixed income, a senior citizen living on a fixed income who needs additional income stream. Okay, so question three repeated again accelerated death benefits are paid under which of the following circumstances? An insured needs help paying for medical treatment after being diagnosed with a terminal illness. B. First time home buyers or total disability. C. Going for an important family meeting. D. A senior citizen who living on a fixed income. No, a senior citizen living on a fixed income who needs additional stream of income. All right. So let's get back here to the story. So I hope, um, you no, know, I, I hope you guys were able to answer those first three questions. All right. So what is this story? And this story touched me. So my client, um, I've known this client for a very long time. She's, um, no, I, I got to know her through one of my relatives. She lives in a DMV. Well, to be specific, she lives in Maryland. Um, this client, as I say, I've known her for a long time. But you know how you 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 know certain people, and this is something you guys will have to you know you deal with because this is a um, this is a learning experience, right? So I want you to learn from my mistake. So I've I've known this person for. Uh, quite a few, uh, quite a few years, and as I told you guys by now, you probably know because I talk about it on almost every single episode. I've been an insurance agent slash financial professional for twelve years now. So this is someone that we're all part of, you know, the same organization and all of that stuff. We know each other, and it didn't occur to me that she would be interested in getting insurance getting life insurance and it's sad to say but sometimes we rule out people right as agents we'll say oh i'm not sure that person will want life insurance oh, i'm not sure that person will be interested so she was one of those people that i ruled out i said well i'm more than likely she's not going to be interested so why bother why waste my time fast forward um this was um, early part of this year, 2022. She calls me out of nowhere and says, oh, my husband has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Pancreatic cancer. And we all know, well, if you don't know, but pancreatic cancer is one of the worst forms of cancer, one of the most severe and most deadly types of cancer. So when she told me my husband has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and he's on chemo and all of that stuff, it really, really hit me hard. And the first thing that went to my mind was, oh my God, I wish I had talked to this lady about getting insurance because this is someone I, I know I socialize with someone, you know, I know very well. I like her very much. I mean, she's a very nice lady. I mean, I know her family. I mean, 
I'm, and when she told me that, it just broke my heart. I said, oh my God, why didn't I talk to this lady? If I talked to her, maybe I would have set up insurance policy for her husband first. Why didn't I talk to her? Now, the doctors uh, is, you know, the husband's prognosis was terminal. So the doctors said that um, he had less than 24 months to live. Now, for exam purposes, while I'm talking about this, for exam purposes, and I think I asked this on one of the questions, I'll go into that. For exam purposes, uh, the definition of terminal on your exam will be 24 months. So if the doctor or licensed medical professional um, no, um, certifies that due to disease or sickness or whatever injury, uh, um, or no, not injury, but sickness or uh, disease, you have less than 24 months to live. That's considered, that's the legal definition of terminal illness. Now, in the real world, as an insurance agent, the insurance companies use the more strict definition, which is 12 months. So the insurance company considers you terminally ill if you have 12 months or left to live. But for the exam purpose, the correct answer will be 24 months, not 12. All right. So when she told me that, and I found out that he had terminal illness, the doctors gave him less than 24 months to live. No, actually not 24, less than 12 months to live. It broke my heart and I felt very guilty. Like, wow. Which I had just told this lady the benefits of life insurance. Now, the mistake a lot of people make, and I don't want you guys to make this mistake. I mean, you're, you're going to be licensed insurance agents, licensed financial professionals, hopefully in the next few weeks or few months. So this is a training moment uh, for you to agree. Because the difference with my podcast and let's say all these other providers, whether it's Excel or AD Banker or Kaplan, for me... I go a little bit above, you know, a little bit beyond just regular exam prep. I try to give you real life examples to make it more relatable, more understandable, where I'm not just coming here to read your textbook answers. I take that material and give you real life examples to help you to better understand the material and also let you know that what you're doing is real. It has impact on people's lives. So, when she said that, uh, when I found out about her husband, I felt very guilty. I felt very bad. And it just renewed that fire within me that, you know what? I don't care whether you're going to tell me no, whether you're going to look at me like I have two horns on my head. I'm going to go ahead and tell you the benefits of getting life insurance. Because the worst time, it's always good to have life insurance and not need it than to need life insurance and not have it. Because when you need it, that's when you can never get it, right? A very good example is for people who need, who desperately need a loan, right? Who have poor credit and desperately need a loan, 
those are the people who who never get a loan, right? But when you have a perfect credit score, you have an 800 or 750, most of those people don't need a loan. But those are the people that banks are dying, you know, falling over, tripping over to give loans to, right? So it's the same thing with life insurance. When you need it the most, that is when you cannot get it, right? If you don't already have it. Because no insurance company will want to insure someone who has terminal illness. That's why, guys, everybody, you are listening to me right now. This is not a mistake. You know someone in your family. You know a friend. You know a neighbor. You know someone that could benefit from life insurance within the next few days few months few weeks you don't know if you don't share the benefits of life insurance because a lot of people have a mis um misunderstanding they have the wrong idea of life insurance they think life insurance is just just for the dead no it also has some living benefits one of those benefits is the accelerated death benefit. What does that accelerated death benefit mean? It means that while you're still alive, if you're diagnosed with terminal illness, again, the insurance company will define terminal illness as less than 12 months to live. But again, for exam purposes, let's just stick to 24 months. If you're diagnosed with a terminal illness for 24, where you have less than 24 months to live, then the insurance company is going to accelerate your death benefit, right? That's what accelerate means, the accelerated death benefits. That means they're going to speed it up. They're going to give it to you while you're still alive. Now, you, a lot of people don't know this. You can get up to 100% of your death benefit while you're still alive if you're diagnosed with a terminal illness. So in this case, that client of mine, if I had set up something for a husband, and more than likely it was probably going to be a $1 million policy, with that diagnosis of terminal illness, he could have gotten up to $1 million cash. And now she won't be in a problem she's in because not only is she worried about him you no know, of course the stress having a loved one who has any kind of terminal illness if you've never experienced it i pray you never experience it it's one of the worst feelings especially when you know if you love the person having to witness that person just slowly die in front of your two eyes is very painful but in addition to that there's a financial burden because that person cannot work. In the case of my client, her husband cannot work anymore. He's, not, he's been out of work since he got diagnosed, since he had no, uh, no, since he started chemo, cannot work. He's weak, he's frail. So now what happens? She has to go into, because she has very little money, so she has to go into, um, into the uh, um, retirement account they started using the money in the retirement account. They just they didn't have that, that much in the retirement account to begin with. So now they cleared that out. And now 
she just had to um, refinance her house, you not know, their house, to take out money to be able to pay medical bills. But if she had life insurance and the terminal illness rider is a rider, it comes automatic on all life insurance policies. So this is not just for life. Well, it's, it may be on your exam, but also just a practical field training for you guys to know that what you are about to sign up for, getting that license, yes, you're going to make money. You're going to make a lot of money, right? You're going to make a lot of money if you do it the right way. But beyond making that money, you're going to have an impact on people's lives. So if I, if I just talked to that lady about getting the insurance, and that's the statement she made today that really got me. And tears set in my eyes when she said, Oh, Biko, I wish you had told me about life insurance. About, I didn't know about these living benefits. I wish you had told me about it even last year before my husband was diagnosed. But now I won't be going through the financial hardship I'm going through right now. I wish you had told me. And right when she told me her husband was diagnosed, I said, oh, well, you need to get insurance. Because what if God forbid something happens to you and he's not working, he's frail. Think about what's going to happen. If both of you are sick, no, and you cannot afford to pay the bills. So with the terminal illness rider, it gives you the client 100%, up to 100% of their death benefit while they are still alive, as long as it's certified by a licensed medical professional. So when people say, oh, I don't need life insurance because I'm, I'm not going to die, that is some BS. Because first of all, no one knows when they're going to die. I mean... I've seen young people die. I've seen old people die. Young people die in car accident. I've seen healthy people die. I've seen sick people die. When your client says that, just ask them a simple question. What contract have you signed with God that you know for sure you're guaranteed not to die in the next one year, next one hour, or next one week? Ask them, what contract have you signed with God? Can you show me that contract? Because no one has such a contract. No one knows tomorrow. That man, he was a very vibrant, healthy, active individual. I mean, he, he exercised regularly. He was, I mean, active. And boom, out of nowhere, diagnosed with um, pancreatic cancer. He's fighting for his life. If I set up, if I had set up that policy for him, now his wife would not have had to uh, clear up their little retirement, even though it's not much, but their little retirement savings. They wouldn't have had to dig into their home equity to get additional loans or get you no know, get into um, you know, um, or take on additional financial burden. If I had just opened my mouth and just shared. What you are getting licensed to do is to just share valuable information that can change your client's life. Do not just assume, oh, 
this person I know will not be interested. That person, you never know. You know what? Even if you talk to a thousand people and all of them, um, 999 of them tell you no, that they don't want life insurance, that they don't need it. But that one person that tells you yes, you could make a big difference in that person's life. So if it means you got to talk to nine, no, 1,000 people to be able to get one person to change their lives, to give them financial freedom, that if I'm diagnosed with a terminal illness today, I know that I, don't, I won't lose my house. I know I will still be able to take care of my family. I will still be able to pay my bills. If you can do that for one person, if it means you have to talk to 1,000 uh, individuals to get to one person, it is worth it. So the more of this too is do not, when you're about to get into this field, you're about to get your license pretty soon as you're about to begin this financial journey, this insurance journey, you're getting that license to help people never rule anybody out. Never. Never rule anybody out. Because the people you think are the least interested may be the people who actually want it and need it. But because you don't share with them, no one else will. And that hit me today. Because if he had that policy, his parents no, uh, would not be struggling now. His wife would not be struggling. His kids, everybody is, in addition to the emotional burden, everybody is going through financial struggle right now because of that. And the number one reason for bankruptcy in this country, if you don't know, now you know, the number one reason for bankruptcy in this country is healthcare expenses. You, you become sick, you cannot work for you know, six months or one year, you can't afford to pay your mortgage, you can't afford to pay your bills, boom, boom, boom. Things change. And now you have no option but to file for bankruptcy. Life insurance is not just for the dead, it's also for the living. Terminal illness rider, for exam purposes, is an automatic uh, no, rider. It comes tender on all life insurance policy. It doesn't matter whether it's a whole life policy, term policy, universal life insurance policy, variable policy, it doesn't matter. It comes tender in all life insurance policies. That is something that a lot of people don't know about. Now, the other living benefit of life insurance, another accelerated death benefit, no, accelerated benefit is long-term care. So pretty much what long-term care rider, again, you can get long-term care by itself as a standalone policy, or you can add it to your life insurance policy. What the long-term care rider does is if someone cannot perform two or more activities of daily living, now, you have... Um, activities of daily living, you are eating, you know, eating, feeding yourself, walking, toileting, um, all of those, right? There are six. If you cannot perform two, at least two activities of daily living, then if you have that rider and depending on which insurance company you are with, they can give you 2% of your death benefit. 2% of your death benefit. 
So let's say if someone has a million dollars policy, let's come here and do the math. 2% of a million dollars policy is $20,000. And by the way, accelerated death benefits, this may be on your exam, they'll receive income tax-free. So that client who have, you no know, her, her husband, who have gotten up to a million dollars tax-free. Can you imagine the difference that could have made for him, for her, for their kids, and for his, uh, no, and, and, no, and, and, and for his parents? Can you imagine one million dollars tax-free income for pennies on the dollar, so just a few hundred dollars um, premiums of, uh, premium every month? A million dollars tax-free income. This is what you're about to be licensed to do to help families. Never rule anybody out. So with the accelerated death benefit, uh, this, I'm sorry, not accelerated death benefit, but the um, the the long-term care rider, it is a form of accelerated, um, well, it's a form of accelerated death benefit because you're getting some of that death benefit while you're still alive. So if you cannot perform two activities of daily living, then, for example, one of the companies I work with, they will pay you 2% of the death benefit while you're still alive. If you cannot eat, um, you know, you cannot feed yourself, you cannot walk, you, you, know, uh, you know, you cannot toilet, all of that. If you cannot perform at least two ADLs, again, ADL stands for activities of daily living, then you get 2% of the death benefit tax-free. Now, what makes me happy is that at least I was able to do the right thing with another uh, friend of mine. She's young, um, in her, you know, mid-30s. And she was diagnosed, not terminal um, cancer, but she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Right? But because at least this time around, I didn't assume, oh, she won't like insurance, so let me not bother. I actually, you know, shared with her and she was smart enough to get it. And she has a $500,000 policy. So because of that, last month, as of, yeah, last month, May, uh, yeah, was, was in June. So last month was May. With, with that diagnosis, right? Well, that's not, um, that's not um, chronic illness, but it's, it's, no, that's not, well, that's a long-term uh, medical issue but it's more of critical illness, right? So some insurance companies will even cover critical illness. They have a critical illness rider. And I added a critical illness rider to a policy because of that. She, she just got her first $10,000 check last month, May, and she just got her, um, her second $10,000 check over the weekend. This is what you are getting licensed to do. So the accelerated death benefit option just means that you're speeding up, you're giving the insured a portion of the death benefit while you're still alive if they meet certain conditions. Number one, if they're, if they're terminally ill, it gives them up to 
um, 100% of the death benefit while you're still alive. If they have chronic illness, most insurance companies, chronic illness or critical illness, um, most insurance companies like, for example, God forbid, if the person has a heart attack or stroke, because we know if you're over the age of 50, you have a one in three chance, especially if you're black, you have a one in three chance of experiencing you know, you know, either a heart attack or stroke or, or something similar. But the policies I sell to my clients, right, especially if they're over the age of 50, I always add a long-term care rider. You know, I always add um, a critical illness rider because what if that person has a heart attack and it cannot work anymore? right or they have a stroke and they're disabled now they can't work anymore you have these riders again a rider is just an add-on so that's what when you guys are doing this yes you you're starting to pass your exam but that's where proper training come in you know comes in and i hope you guys have a great trainer to train you get you started in the insurance industry because that can make the difference between you helping a lot of people and making a difference in people's lives versus not so i just wanted to share with you guys that story but at least the good thing is what made me very happy today is that i felt bad about the husband but at least i was able to make it right with the wife so we got her you no know, i got her a 1.5 million dollars policy so God forbid, if she were to find herself in the same shoe as her, as her husband, she could have access to $1.5 million cash tax-free while she's still alive. And for exam purposes, just know that death, you know, insurance death benefits, right? Life insurance death benefits are never taxed. That's one of the beauty of life insurance. Life insurance death benefits are never taxed. Even if the client receives it through accelerated death benefit, like the terminal illness rider, even if they receive it while they're still alive, the insured receives it while they're still alive, it is never taxed. Think about that. What other uh, vehicle do you have, financial vehicle, where you can put 200 or $250 a month and be guaranteed $1 million? What other financial vehicle? None except insurance. So anyway, uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest because after when she made that statement, like, well, she asked me, but oh my God, why didn't you share this with me last year or even, you know, 2020? We wouldn't have been going through this financial uh, nightmare we are going through. And it just broke my heart. And tears set in my eyes like, damn it. I wish I had said something. I hope you guys say something. Anybody you know you talk to deserves to know about the benefits of life insurance. So let's get back to the questions here. So let's start back here. We started with um, accelerated death benefits. So for question number one, what happens to amounts paid out under the accelerated death benefit rider? Again, let me repeat the options. A says subtracted from the contract's death benefit before paying it out to the beneficiary. B says same as 
accidental death and dismemberment. C says must be repaid. D says must be taxed on both the federal and state level. Well, let's let's break this down. I just told you that accident, um, accelerated death benefits are never taxed. It doesn't matter whether it's state tax or federal tax. They are never taxed, right? So that's the first thing. Number two, you don't have to repay that accelerated death benefit. That is the beauty of it, right? So, so the good news with my client, you no, know, with her husband, um, his cancer, you no, know, for the first that I mean, it's miracle, right? At least this is the good news to this sad story. For the first time. He's the first person I know who has had pancreatic cancer for more than six months. The first person. Everyone I know who is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer usually dies within six months. So the wife just told me that he actually, he went for his regular checkup and the doctor said that, uh, you no, know, they did all the blood work, the checkup. And they found out that the cancer has stopped spreading. So it's been like that now, I think, for the last one month. The cancer has stopped spreading. And he was even on, no, he was, he was no, they even put him on, um, they, they inserted a feeding tube and everything, you know, because he was so frail, you know, so bad off, he couldn't um, feed himself. So they had to insert a feeding, feeding tube into him. But thank God. They also took that feeding tube out the last one month. So now he can feed himself, he can walk and all of that. We thank God for that. So accelerated death benefits do not have to be repaid. So we know C is wrong. D is also wrong because it cannot be taxed. D says it must be taxed on both the federal and state. That's wrong. They are never taxed and they do not have to be repaid. So even if the client gets better, let's say um, the client takes out, you know, um, $1 million you know, from their death benefit while they're still alive because they're diagnosed with terminal illness. But let's say a miracle happens and that person survives and they don't die anymore. Well, the good news is they don't have to repay that money. Okay. B says it's the same as accidental death and dismemberment. No, 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 no. Accidental death and dismemberment is completely different. Accidental death and dismemberment just says that if you are killed in an accident or if your death is the result of an accident or stuff or, um, or if you're dismembered, now you get um, a certain, you no, know, um, you, you get um, more than a... Um, original death benefit you no know, so if it's um if if it's a you no know, if it's a double indemnity uh again no then now they'll pay you two times the death benefit or if it's triple indemnity accidental death and dismemberment then they'll pay you three times the death benefit so we know that that is not the same right so the correct answer here is a it is subtracted from the contract's death benefit before paying out to the beneficiary. So, in this case, let's just say uh, a client has a $1 million um, life insurance policy, but the person was diagnosed with terminal illness and they were able to take out $800,000 tax-free. 
Now you're left with $200,000 death benefit. Well, let's say that person dies, instead of the insurance company paying $1 million, right? They are going to pay $200,000 because they are going to subtract what they pay out to the insured uh, from, the, uh, from the total death benefit. So now the beneficiary will get $200 and not a million. That may be on your exam, okay? So here for question number one, correct answer is A. Now, question number two, it says, in order to be considered terminally ill, the illness must be expected to result in a person's death within how many months? A says six months, B says 24 months, C, 12 months, D, 18 months. Well, on the exam, they're going to trick you. They're going to put 12 months and 24 months. The, the quote-unquote, what well, the correct legal definition of a terminal illness is, you know, you are expected to die within 24 months. So if on your exam, select 24 months. But in the real world, as an agent, it's 12 months. Okay? So here we know the correct answer is B, 24 months. All right, so now we're finished with accelerated death benefits. Now let's come here to um, let's come here to long-term care, right? So we did three questions. Question number one says, "What advantages does a long-term care rider have over a living needs rider?" A says, "Only pays benefits if a licensed medical provider certifies that an insured." is expected to die within 24 months. B, pays a monthly income based on a proportion of the death benefit to an insured who is unable to do any of the six activities of daily living. C, allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any four of the six activities of daily living, including eating, bathing, walking, toileting, etc., to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-hospital expenses. And D says it allows a chronically ill person who is unable to do any two of the four activities of daily living, which are eating, bathing, walking, toileting, etc., to receive up to 100% of the death benefit in a daily or monthly amount for non-hospital expenses. So what is the correct answer here? Well, I'll just go through the list, right? Um, so here it says, what advantage does a long-term care rider have over a living needs rider, right? Well, the long-term care rider is specifically for people who cannot perform two activities of daily living. So uh, C says you know, four activities of daily living. No, 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 no. It's not four. You must, all you have to do is not be able to perform at least six activities, not two out of the six activities of daily living. So we know C is wrong. It's not four. It's two activities of daily living, right? Now, B is wrong too because it says pays a monthly income based on a proportion of the debt benefit to ensure who is able to perform any of the six activities of daily living. So yeah, it says six activities. No, any of the six activities. No, that means the person can, you know, if the person cannot perform one activity of daily living, 
that means they, are, um, they get the um, accelerated death benefit. Nope, that's wrong. It has to be two. Okay? So it says here, only pays benefits if a licensed medical provider certifies that an insurer expected to die within 24 months. That is also wrong because that is the definition of a terminal illness, right? So this asks for long-term care, not, not terminal illness, right? The terminal illness rider comes automatic. Um, the long-term care rider is something that you can add on. It's optional. So we know that A is wrong, B is wrong, C is wrong, D is the correct answer. Let's come to question number two. It says, how does the long-term care rider affect death benefits of a life insurance policy after long-term care benefits have been paid to the insurer? A says triple the death benefit. B says the death benefits are reduced. C says death benefit is not affected. D says increase the death benefit by the amount paid into the long-term care policy. So the correct answer here, well, let's start with the wrong answers. It's not going to be A, right? No, you're not going to triple the death benefit. Long-term care um, benefits, anytime they're paid, they reduce the death benefit because any money that the insurance company pays from that death benefit, they have to subtract it from the um, death benefit that will be paid to the beneficiary, right? So I give you the example of if you have a million dollars policy and you know, you take out $800,000 because you're, 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 um, you're diagnosed with a terminal illness, then the insurance company will subtract eight hundred from that $1 million, that will be 200000 So your beneficiaries will get 200000 instead of $1 million. So um, the accelerated death benefits will always reduce the death benefit of the policy, right? So it says D death benefit is not affected no 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 your death benefit is always affected it's going to be reduced and d says here increase the death benefit no it doesn't make sense right if you are taking money from your death benefit your death benefit is not going to increase it's going to decrease so the correct answer here will be b the death benefits are reduced all right so that is uh that is for the long-term care uh, what we cover accelerated um, death benefit oh I'm sorry the last question here for accelerated death benefit um, what I just read I'm sorry I got it I hope I didn't confuse you guys so what I just completed was for long-term care right and long-term care is an is is um, is a form of accelerated death benefit because now you're taking a percentage or a portion of that death benefit while you're still alive the only difference is for long-term care, you must be able to not perform at least two activities of daily living. And most of the time, they have a waiting period of 90 days. So you must not be able to perform two activities of daily living for at least 90 days. That is it. So you don't have to be um, terminally ill to get long-term care benefits, right? So even if you're diagnosed with breast cancer or you could be sick and you cannot walk, and you cannot feed yourself, boom, you're automatically qualified, right, for long-term care benefits. Now, the terminal illness rider is specifically for terminal illness. So you need, you must be diagnosed with a terminal illness. And we said the definition of terminal illness is what? 
the correct definition is you expected to die within 12 uh, within 24 months not 12 24 months now accelerated death benefit is um so long-term care benefits is a type of accelerated death benefit so you have different types you have the terminal illness rider no terminal illness rider you have uh, long-term care riders um you have you know you have other riders that accelerate the death benefits right so now the last question we didn't go over for accelerated death benefit is question number three so let's go over this quickly so accelerated death benefits are paid under which of the following circumstances a an insured needs help paying for medical treatment after being diagnosed with a terminal illness now um B says first-time home buyers or total disability. C says going for an important family meeting. Well, you should know this one. I mean, C is automatically wrong. D says a senior citizen living on a fixed income who needs additional income stream. So just because you're living on a fixed income doesn't qualify you for accelerated debt benefit. So no, D is wrong. C is wrong. B, it says first-time home buyers or total disability. Again, that's common sense. It doesn't qualify for accelerated debt benefit, right? So an insured needs help um, pay for medical treatment after being diagnosed with a terminal illness, right? So again, that is one instance where uh, your debt benefit can be accelerated, terminal illness or long-term care. But in this case, uh, we don't have long-term care. The only thing we have here is terminal illness because it says accelerated death benefits are paid under which of the following circumstances. So if we have both um, uh, long-term care and um, terminal illness, then it will be the correct answer will be both. But in this case, since we just have terminal illness, terminal illness will be the only um, reason for accelerated death benefit in this particular question. So the correct answer here would be um, A, um, an insured needs help paying for medical treatment after being diagnosed with a terminal illness. Okay? So, uh, I hope this was uh, able to help you. And just keep in mind, life insurance um, death benefits or accelerated death benefits are never, 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 ever taxed, okay? So just know that for exam purposes, they are never taxed. All right, guys, I'm going to stop here. I hope I was able to inspire some of you uh, who are studying for an exam. What you are studying for, your license you're going to get is going to help people. But I just hope you learn from my mistake because uh, sometimes... Um, you you've been in this you know you, you know you've been in this for a while and you kind of forget you know and that was a mistake I made and I came from the client's place today feeling very bad feeling very guilty uh, about that but at least the good thing is I was able to make that um, correction at least she has a policy she has the the terminal illness rider and all of these protections so God forbid if something happens to her. She's protected. She was so excited with this policy she has um, that now I have an appointment with her um, with her children tomorrow. You no, know, she has um, you no. Know, she has three children. I have an appointment with the three children tomorrow. They're all adults. 
to set this up because she called her kids and told them all of you need to have life insurance this uh, long-term care rider and terminal illness rider because you never know when you're going to uh, you know be diagnosed with a terminal illness or you have cancer you guys need to get this policy so she sat me right there put her kids on loudspeaker call them and say you guys must get insurance so i <laughs> I have a follow-up appointment with her kids um, tomorrow evening, right? And just another thing too to add, as an agent, people always you know, ask me, but well, how do you get leads? You no, know, I'm sure some of you have probably been wondering, no but, no, but how do you get leads in the insurance industry? Do you pay for leads? And I've been in the business for 12 years. I've never paid a penny for leads. Uh, like, come on. It's almost like, you no. Know, why would you pay for sand? Like someone charging you for sand? Like, come on, I can scoop up sand anywhere. Sand is on the ground, right? I can, I mean, it won't make sense to pay for sand because sand is everywhere. So the same with leads. Your leads are everywhere. They're around you. Anybody, you come in, you know, within two feet off, it's a lead. Why pay for leads? Damn it, I don't get it, but... <laughs> uh, so I always get leads from my clients every time I go to deliver a policy right I always get at least 10 referrals so that lady you know the, the client I just helped today she gave me her, her best friend's number she gave me her you no know, you know, her cousin's number uh, she gave me her co-workers number and then of course her kids so from her alone I got about 12 leads so for every client I help, I'm getting at least 10 leads. So just think about it. Now, you guys, you know, I, I think, um, I don't know which episode I said. No, I think it was two episodes ago where I said that I'm really overbooked. Well, that's a fact, right? Because just this month alone, I've delivered so far, I've delivered about 10 policies. Each of those, I got at least 10 leads. So right now, uh, I mean, you do the math, 10 times 10, 100, right? So I have, to be exact, I have about 110 leads just within the last 20 days. Those are leads I didn't have to pay for. But that's what happens when you do a good job as an agent, right? Because you don't even have to beg for leads. You don't have to buy leads. The clients will happily and voluntarily give you leads. And this lady... She's a business owner. She told me, oh, you know what? You need to come and talk to my employees next month. Uh, just tell them about all these benefits uh, of life insurance and just not just life insurance, but just financial products in general, retirement and all these things, how you can save money. You know, you can be able to save for retirement, tax-free, get tax-free retirement. So I really want you to come and talk to my employees. So now we have an appointment next month, right? That's what happens when you treat your clients the right way, you do business the right way, you will never run out of leads. Usually when, when, when insurance agents tell me to run out of leads, that tells me that they're not doing business right. Because if you serve your clients the right way, you will never ever run out of leads. So anyway, I know um, this episode was more um agent training not exam prep it was more because this is the training i gave my agents my new agents when you come on board for some of you who like this podcast and you're studying for your 
for your license exam and you're not sure which insurance agency to join, well, you can come and join my team. I guarantee you, you will get very, very good training. You're going to learn from all my mistakes and you're going to also make money, <laughs> right? Uh, because everybody gets into it, uh, into this industry to make money. But this is just a sample of the training I give my, uh, you know, my new agents, right? So guys, I hope this was able to help you. Again, if you have any questions, you can always call me. My number is 202-855-6294. Again, my number, you can call, text me. My number is 202-855-6294. Thank you very much. And I wish you um, the best of luck in your exam. And remember, you got into this. Yes, you're going to make money, but you got into this to change lives. Thank you and be safe out there.